Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to, came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say, from heaven, he will ask. Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say, of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. And then it's the parable of the two sons. Uh, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Bailey. How many remember an old television program back in the 50s? It was called Leave it to Beaver. Anybody remember that? Oh my. And who was our favorite person in that show? Eddie Haskell. Anybody remember Eddie Haskell? Let's watch this. On Saturday? Is there a game or something? No, but Eddie wants to watch the girls try out for cheerleader. Oh, is there some particular girl you two are interested in? You call me mom? Yes, Wally. Good morning, Mrs. Cleaver. That's a very pretty dress. Thank you. I don't know. I just don't trust a 13-year-old boy that's that polite. Good afternoon, Mrs. Cleaver. Good afternoon. Oh, Eddie Haskell. Of course, you know he was the best friend of, of, uh, of Wally Cleaver. And Eddie was a kind of kid, you know, that you just, sometimes you just had to shake your head, oh my. Because whenever he was around the adults, he was always polite and he was so charming and he was just as sweet as, as he could be. Good evening, Mr. Cleaver. Why, good evening, Mrs. Cleaver. My, that's such a lovely dress you're wearing tonight, Mrs. Cleaver. But then when the adults left the room, Eddie turned into a jerk. Wally, man, your parents are so lame, and what's up with a polka dot dress anyway, you know? When Eddie disobeyed, he did it in such a sweet, nicest way. But then when he rebelled, all of the adults thought that he was still kind and charming and, well, polite. And I, I'll bet you know some people just like that, and, and, and I do too. So to our faces, 
they are very respectful and they're agreeable and they're loyal. But then when we hear from other sources why they have been very critical of us, you know, that, that they didn't follow through on the things that they were supposed to do. In fact, they probably never really planned to do it anyway. Well, you know, Jesus knew people like this too. And some of them were called the Pharisees. They were the religious leaders in Israel. They were admired and they were respected by all. They were always saying the right things at the right time. And, well, they appeared to be just about perfect. You know, they had all the answers. They knew all the rules. And they preached all the rules to the people. But the fact is they didn't follow the rules themselves. Now, the Pharisees found ways to skirt around the religious rules. You know, they found loopholes. They found exceptions for themselves. But then they criticized others for, for not keeping the rules. They were hypocrites. That's just exactly what they were. And these are the people to whom Jesus is speaking today in, in the gospel lesson that Bailey read just a few minutes ago. They were the Pharisees. And they're questioning Jesus' authority. And they're wondering why he can say the things he does. But then Jesus, he sees right through them. Because you know what? Jesus saw the first century Eddie Haskells. And so Jesus began, he says, let me tell you a story. He said there, were, there was a farmer, he had two sons, and one morning he asked them both to go out and, and to work in the vineyard the, the, where they were growing the, the grapes. That was, their, that was their field, that was their crop. And one says immediately, I'm not going to go work in the vineyard today, Pop. I'm busy. I have other plans. It just isn't fitting into my schedule today. But then the other son, he responds with the most respectful voice. I will go, sir. Uh, in Greek, uh, the son calls his father Lord. So he says, I will go, Lord. And then you're thinking, yeah, what a nice dress you're wearing tonight, Mrs. Cleaver. And so the second son does not go to work in the vineyard that day. In fact... He didn't even intend to go to work in the vineyard that day. But his charm, well, it got him out of the house. He dodged the bullet, and he would always come up with some kind of an excuse a little bit later. But the first son, the one that said, I'm not going to help you today, he had a change of heart. He probably thought, you know, you know, I probably really should go out and, 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 and do the work. And so he had a little bit of remorse by the way that he answered his father. So he did, in fact, go and work in the fields. Well, when Jesus concluded with his parable, he then asked the Pharisees, he said, he said which of the sons do you think did the will of his father? And all agreed, well, it was the first one. And then Jesus dropped the boom. He said, and I'm telling you that tax collectors and prostitutes will be getting into heaven before you do. 
And the Pharisees were stunned. They didn't think that tax collectors and prostitutes were getting into heaven. I mean, after all, and now Jesus is saying that they will be first in line? And, and it wasn't long after hearing this parable that the Jews began making plans to kill Jesus. But the parable didn't die. It has been preserved in Scripture to now to be read by the Pharisees of the 21st century. Now we are the ones asked by Jesus to decide which of the two sons is doing the Father's will. Now we decide which one's going to heaven. And it is fitting that we are asked to make that pronouncement because, well, we do it all the time. We judge people for the way that they look, for the things that they say, the things that they do, but we're so polite. We don't condemn them to their face. We wait until we're back with other Pharisees, you know, the ones who are just like us, and that's when we judge. And, you know, here, here's what we often decide, decide is, you know, if, if they're prison inmates, oh, they're not going to heaven. If they have an Arab-sounding name, oh, they're not going to heaven. If, if their church headquarters is in Salt Lake City, they're not going to go to heaven. We know that. If we're the wrong sexual orientation, they're not going to go to heaven. If they're a drunk, a gambler, an addict, or a Packer fan, they're not going to heaven. These are the tax collectors and the prostitutes of the 21st century. And their disobedience is bold, it's blatant, and it's unacceptable. So, what about us? We're polite. We dress up on Sunday mornings. We go to church. We smile a lot. We sing praise. We pray prayers. And we give money. And all of this is good. This is exactly what what God wants us to do on Sunday mornings. But this is not the vineyard. In the church, we are surrounded by people just like us. It's not the vineyard. Out there, that's the vineyard. That is the field where God has called us to go and to work. And even inside the church, we often emulate the second son in the parable. We have parents and sponsors that, that bring their children to the front and politely promise to raise the children in worship and, and to teach them the Bible, and often they do not. Rich Melheim says that we should maybe rent large stadiums and have dynamic speakers gather the people together. You know, so often in the church, new confirmants will stand up and politely confess that they will continue to gather among God's people to hear the word, to share in communion, and to proclaim Christ's love. But sadly, in national statistics, if they're accurate, only 50% will ever return. 
We confess on Sunday mornings that everything on earth belongs to God. Even our, our homes, our money, our children all belong to God. And it's on loan to us. But then we're, we're offended when God asks for some of it back for the work of the church. Each week we pray asking God to forgive us in the same way that we have forgiven others. You know, remember that? We said it a few moments ago, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we fail to realize that we really haven't forgiven others at all. And this is to suggest that the, most of us have perfected the art of polite disobedience. We say one thing to God and we do another, and then we condemn those whose lives are rougher around the edge than ours are. Essentially, we have politely lied to God, and they have belligerently told the truth to God, and we think that we're better than them. And this parable, this one about the two sons, it tells us that no, we're not. But I do have some good news. Being politely disobedient does not exclude us from the kingdom of God. You know, last week, remember I reminded you that some will be first and some will be last, but none will be absent. And the same truth is evident in today's gospel. God's grace is wide enough to accept all of us, even the Pharisees, if we trust his gift of forgiveness. It doesn't mean that disobedience is okay. It doesn't mean that our selfish deeds and unkind words make God smile. It simply means that all of us, and I mean all of us, we're on a journey. But all of us, all of us, we are in the family, even the Pharisees. And this is the key message of Jesus' story and God's desire for us. God knows that we've all pretty much failed at understanding what God wanted from us. But Jesus, he is giving us a new chance to get it. And all we need to do is turn around and make it right. Change our minds. Alter our direction. Decide to follow Jesus and engage with God in order to make the world right. Those who refuse at first but then recognize God's presence and voice, God will celebrate. Those who pay lip service but do nothing that God desires, do not love, do not show mercy, are not kind, will not change, do not get it, they will not get it. Today is World Communion Sunday. It is a very important and joyful day for the universal church, all churches in the world. And I hope that we will lay aside our inner noise, our burdens, and we're going to focus on the now, on the grace of God that is present in this moment at this table. And in taking the bread and the juice, we are giving thanks 
to Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. And we are declaring our unity with believers all over the world, from every nation, every language, every culture. And we are anticipating Jesus' return someday in all his power, all his majesty. And today is the foretaste of the kingdom of heaven. And so coming to God's table today means that you are ready to repent. You're ready to change your mind, to turn toward God with your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and to work out there in God's vineyard to build the kind of kingdom relationships through mercy and kindness and love that God has always intended us to do. And so may God bless you in your walk. Amen.